This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fan as we broadcast live from the Lakeland University studios, the leader in online education for more than 25 years, lakeland.edu. Steve Sparky Fiverr with you, Sam Schmidt's other side of the glass, Rami Makloff show, or the Rami show as he calls it, comes up one hour from right now. You'll want to keep it locked in here, the 1250 AM, the fan for that. If you missed Jordy Nelson earlier uh, on the Wendy's Big Show uh, two, three hours ago, uh, we'll play that back for you as well coming up here in just a little bit on Sparky's Midday Madness. Now, yesterday uh, was a big, big day, right? If you're a Bucks fan, yesterday was a day that uh, you dreamed of, you know, probably since you were a small child. I'm 45. I never in my life thought I would ever see that day happen. Uh, that we got to see having them winning a championship, having a parade, uh, then a ring ceremony night, and then a, a banner drop. Uh, and then you go out there and you you face a team um, that obviously wants to prove that they're better than you uh, after you eliminated them last year in the playoffs. And clearly uh, the other team that you'll have to compete with in the Eastern Conference in the Brooklyn Nets to get back to the NBA Finals. Uh, and... You go out there and we're in control the whole game. The whole game. I mean, from jump. The Bucks were in control of that basketball game, and uh, the Nets really had nothing to say about it uh, throughout the night, and Giannis just continues uh, to do Giannis-type uh, things. Uh, and just a couple of the highlights here. Uh, one right here was this put-back dunk uh, courtesy of TNT. Grayson Allen can't answer. Rebound on Did you like did you like that an eagle call uh, last night uh, on TNT? I know Sam Schmitz, you were at the game, so you probably didn't hear it. Him and Stan Van Gundy, but for me, I literally said it when I was watching the game. I said he is so good for people that work in radio, like the one man wrecking crew and like his little catchphrases and and things that he was dropping in there. That's beautiful for those of us that work at Sports Talk Radio to play a highlight back. It's marvelous to play that back. 
Uh, then there was this uh, Giannis play as well. Kevin Durant in. Crossover. Attack. Durant. The Bucks have protected the rim all night. Allen got three. And Milwaukee's done a great job taking advantage in transition. There, Durant went to the floor, was slow getting back. Milwaukee able to find the open man. And that's the one thing that the Bucks did really well, that highlight courtesy of TNT uh, as well. The Jordan Warren block, I was just so, so, so excited by that block because all the talk about Jordan War is, well, you know, defensively and this and that and your other damn thing. Yeah, we all know he can score. Clearly, we know he can score. If you didn't think he could score, watch last night. He showed you he can score and clearly showed you that this dude right now should be that guy in the second unit that is your scoring guy. I mean, they didn't have Drew Holiday, and they still, even though Drew Holiday, you know, played very well when he was in there, when he went out with that heel injury, it, which, by the way, it's MRI cleaned the whole deal, so no, no no need to worry about long-term stuff here with Holiday. But they still had enough scoring. Connaughton played out of his mind. Laura played well. Uh, and they were still able to overcome. Not to mention the fact, when you start talking about this Bucks team right now, look at the guys that they brought brought in here for this roster, right? So Grayson Allen, younger player. Uh, Jordan Wara was already uh, on the team, second-round pick. And uh, out of Louisville, second-year player. He's going to be in this rotation, it appears. It better be. He better be in the rotation. So another uh, younger player that's a part of this rotation. George Hill, vet, been around a while, fine. Uh, that's another one of those guys that'll be in the rotation. Uh, and then you have the guys like Bobby Portis, fine. He's still here. He's not overly old. Um, and then DiVincenzo, still young, still on that first deal. Uh, he'll be a part of this deal. Connaughton, he's been around a little while, but I wouldn't say he's overly old. So uh, a younger type of core rotation. Vets, for the most part, right? The guys that have played in the games and so forth, but not super old uh, players that are on their last legs uh, in the NBA. Now you compare and contrast that to what, say, Brooklyn and the Lakers are doing here, and it's a completely different thing. I mean, Charles Barkley was talking about the Lakers last night after the Bucks game was done. If you left it on TNT, Barkley's talking about the old geezers with the Lakers. And, and then, of course, did his typical shot at Anthony Davis calling him street clothes and pretty much says, I don't care about the geezers. Pretty much if he plays and is a top three, top five player, they're good. If he spends a majority of the season in street clothes, they don't got no chance regardless of you know, what those guys do that they brought over like Carmelo Anthony and Rajon Rondo and Dwight Howard and these type of players. And it got me thinking because when you're watching the Bucks game and Millsap comes, Paul Millsap comes out of the markets, Aldrich comes out, Patty Mills comes out. You're watching this, you go, man, they got a bunch of old dudes that are coming in a game that they're going to kind of count on at this point to be regulars within their rotation throughout the season. And it's going to take them and the Lakers time to find their groove, especially Lakers. They have, what, three, four returning starters? That was it. Everybody else brand new to what they're trying to do uh, over there with the Lakers. I don't think, maybe I'm wrong, you can help me out here, I don't feel like this stigma of having old guys viewed as a negative exists as much in other sports, does it? I mean, does this same 
stigma exists in baseball, in the MLB? Does it, the same stigma exist in the NFL? That's, that's what I want to know. You, I want you to help me and try and talk through this. And if it doesn't, then why is it such a big deal in the NBA that myself included always bring it up like ah, a bunch of old guys will never stay healthy. But you don't say that about old teams, old guys that they're bringing in old guys to come and try and help Brady win a championship or bringing in old vets to come in and paying them stupid money to try and help the Dodgers win a championship. The trade deadline comes and you're trading for older players to try to push you over the top to win a World Series. You don't ever have that type of bad stigma attached to veterans and older players in the other leagues, but you definitely have it with the NBA, and it was on full display again last night. Do older players have the same stigma in other sports like the NBA? That's the question. Let's talk this out. 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. And tweet us at 1250 AM, the fan. Because, again, to me, the big thing on aging players is what? Is they're older, they're going to break down, they're not going to be able to stay healthy. Fine. But couldn't you use that blanket statement across the board for every sport they play? Couldn't you use that same statement for a Major League Baseball player 162 games, especially if it's a position player? Couldn't you use that same blanket statement in the National Football League, the most violent sport known to man? Couldn't, and now again, hockey, I'm not a huge hockey fan. I love going to Admirals games. That I love. Do I follow the NHL necessarily? Not all that much. If the Predators make the playoffs, then I'm the Johnny come lately. I'll turn it on and I'll root for the Predators because they're the Admirals affiliate. But outside of that, not really following hockey. But that's a violent sport. Does this stigma exist in the NHL? Do NHL teams that stack up on older players get hammered in the media like the Lakers uh, are getting hammered now for putting this old crew around LeBron and Anthony Davis? And now Russell Westbrook as well, who was horrible yesterday. Horrible. Whew, he was bad. He won't be that bad every night, but it was not a good start for Russell Westbrook in L.A. last night against the Warriors. Do older players have this same stigma in other sports like the NBA? 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250 AM. The fan. Nate Northside, you're first up on Sparky's Midday Madness. What's up, Nate? Well, what's good, Sparky? Um, like I was telling Sam, um, I do do believe that the NBA is a little bit different due to the fact that, like in the MLB, you can um, have a you can rest a guy for two a couple games, um, in during the season, and have him be a bat off the bench, or uh, in the uh, NFL, you can have a guy that's specially made for third downs and. Uh, or have a guy that's specially made for uh, run blocking and stuff like that. Um, in the NBA, it's non-continuous action up and down the court. Um, and then you need to, uh, you need, and we, with the way the NBA play now, is a lot of one-on-one ISO ball. But it's less the, physical, the NBA now. We're not talking about the 90s NBA where there was, you know, grabbing and holding and punching and all of that gotta, stuff. But you got to think about how how athletic the young uh, the uh, how athletic the NBA is now. If you don't want Paul Millsap guarding Giannis on one on one because it's it's not you can't guard him. That's what we seen last night. These older guys trying to guard these younger athletic guys, 
that's on a one-on-one, that's that that doesn't really work. Wouldn't that I mean? be the same way in the NFL if I took DeAndre Hopkins and put him up against a 33-year-old cornerback? Wouldn't it be the same type of mismatch? But you can have you can you can hide you can hide that corner. You can put him. You can have another corner follow DeAndre Hopkins and stuff like that. It's it's really like. Um, with basketball, is really a it's turning into like a one-on-one game. It feels like to me. All right, fair enough. Thanks for the call. So he says you could be more isolated to be beat in the NBA. I will say this. So, using the NFL comparison, right? So it's Hopkins versus an old cornerback. You can help that corner by having a safety over the top or whatever to protect him, right? I get that, but I can also say. If I have a mismatch or uh, a mismatch at say the guard position, I got a younger guard versus an older player on the other side. Say Wes Matthews is trying to guard uh, a younger up and coming Darren Fox, whoever I don't pick one, and he he's having problems. Fine, but that's what your center there is is there for is to help clean up those mistakes. That's what your help side defense is there for. Giannis last night helping coming over blocking shots when somebody else gets beat. That's how it is. So, in my opinion, you can protect that player on the defensive side of the floor if he's older by having a player behind him be the guy that cleans him up at the rim, something the Bucks have done very well uh, since Brooke Lopez has arrived. In the past, it was a struggle. They didn't have that guy outside of Larry Sanders for a year and a half. But for the most part, that was always a struggle. You can do that in the NBA. So I don't. I don't necessarily know if, if I'm if I'm on that train yet or, or, or uh, if I'm on that train or not. I don't think I am. Do older players have the same stigma in other sports like they do in the NBA where it's viewed as a huge negative if you have a bunch of old dudes on your team? Shaquille O'Neal last night pointed out to Barkley. He said, hey, tell me this. Tell me the last time some team full of 20-somethings all went out and won an NBA title. More times than not, it is these old, crusty vet veterans that are the guys that win the championships after they've been through the battles, experienced them, and everything else. That's when they win those rings, when they're around 30, 31, whatever the case may be. Sam Schmitz, what do you think? I feel like this all just boils down to the nature of each sport. And what I mean by that is in basketball, I feel like you can rely on your instinct a little more so than your athletic ability, more so than in baseball and football. For example, like in baseball, it's all about reaction time for yep. a hitter. And as you get older, let's look at Miguel Cabrera, for example. Like, yeah, he can still hit home runs here and there and all that. But, man, he's missing pitches that back, you know, five, six years ago and all that. I mean, the guy would still be batting 330 sure. if he was just a little quicker and all that. And with pitchers, look, it's if you get older, you may have some nasty stuff. But if you lose velocity, that may be the end for you. And football, I think, well, I think the world of Julio Jones but you're starting to see it where you know injuries are just more common and all that, and just sure, like a more violent sport. Let's go to let's go to the pitching side, okay? Right. I love this topic because I, I just think there's so many different ways you can go back and forth on this pitching side. You can compare pitching to a guard that starts to slows down and loses explosiveness. You saw it with Kobe and with Michael. As they started to lose that athleticism a little bit, they started developing the turnaround jumper and started developing other aspects of their game. To still score. That pitcher that relies on heavy velocity, right? What happens? They realize, okay, it's it's not the same. So now I have to develop another pitch to kind of go along with it to offset it a little bit. And sometimes you hear players say, that guy really knows how to pitch. Not that he's throwing 95 or 98, 
but he understands how to work a batter. He understands how to use his other pitches and work from one side of the plate to the other, up and down uh, in the strike zone. You've seen numerous guys in Major League Baseball. Greg Maddox, that dude didn't throw overly hard necessarily, but he was successful. He dominated for years, and he wasn't throwing 100. Now, you have guys that, you know, nowadays are more common than ever throwing 95 to 98 miles an hour. They seemingly are on every baseball team. But back in the day, you were able to get away with it um, as well. But I, I agree that as you get older, sometimes you go away or it, it gets worse. But even in baseball, now we'll see what the National League does, but in baseball for years, David Ortiz, getting older and older and older, guess what? Got to play forever. Why? Because he was a DH. He didn't have to play in the field, didn't have to wear out his knees. Paul Molitor is another prime example of a guy that could never stay healthy, and that DH let him continue to play in Toronto. Let him continue to play Minnesota. So in the AL, you've had ways, hey, if you can kind of still hit, even though your knees may be shot or whatever, and your bones are aching, I can still keep you on my roster and still continue to play you. Now, again, you can't have six Paul Molitors that can't stay healthy all on the field at the same time, uh, necessarily. Do you view it as a negative, Sam Schmitz? what the Lakers and Nets did, uh, you know, in the last, well, this last offseason specifically, by adding all of these older players to these rosters trying to win it. I do think it's, if I had to choose, is it more of a net positive or more of a net negative? Correct. I would probably lean slightly more of a net negative. But it's, unfortunately, it's just the money that they're left with. But, I mean, you look at some of the older guys, like Patty Mills, who didn't miss a single three last night. Sometimes, like you said, it works out for the older guys. But, yeah, I think um, and comes playoff time and all that, especially against some of these younger teams like the Milwaukee Bucks even, that it's going to get exposed. You know, the uh, other thing about this is, is for me, and why I'm negative on the age is just being able to stay healthy throughout the entire course of a season. But in today's NBA, like for instance, last night, we talked about it on, on, on the show yesterday. I did not want to see those guys out there playing like it was a playoff game necessarily. At the end of that game, I don't know about you, I was furious. I'm watching this going, okay, so let me see if I got this right. Steve Nash pulls his starters. We put our starters back in and have them play out the string. Why? Yeah, I was surprised Giannis played as many minutes as he did in the fourth quarter. Like, why? It was over. Like, Steve Nash waved the flag, we're done. And Bruno goes, that's cool. Hey, Chris, hey, come on. Let's go. No mercy. No mercy. And I want to stop him. You would think, too, that they would rest Giannis the entire fourth quarter with Drew Holiday getting injured in the first half. Yes. Right? Why take a chance? That game was over. It was meaningless in the last three, four minutes of that game. As soon as they pulled their starters out, Bud should have said, you know what? I'm with you. Now, again, a little bit different because the Bucks are so hurt. So they didn't have as many guys necessarily probably available that they could go to and play. But still, at the end of the day, man, that to me, that's too big of a gamble playing them that late in the game. And now on top of it, so now you get today off, and now you get to go to Miami tomorrow to take on a veteran-laden Miami Heat team. Now, nobody's really talking about them, but they bring in an aging P.J. Tucker, an aging Kyle Lowry, They've added their own old players to that roster. Jimmy Butler's not getting any younger. He's been through the battles and is all beat up physically and has been for the last several years. you got to try and keep that dude healthy. Miami's also going to have their problems of, of trying to stay healthy, and that's, uh, again, tomorrow night, Bucks in Miami uh, to take on the Heat. All right, if you missed Jordy Nelson uh, earlier in the show, 
We'll let you hear from Jordy Nelson, the Packers Super Bowl champion wide receiver, joined us earlier. We'll play that back for you. Coming up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Welcome in. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan. This segment brought to you by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street, Oak Creek. Cheer on the green and gold Sunday against Washington at noon. Free food at halftime and free touchdown shots. Plus, the best Friday fish fry in town and nightly specials. Follow them on Facebook under new ownership, new menu, new great food. Jim Dandy, South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Uh, and uh, yeah, check them out today. Not that far, actually, from uh, where Leroy and myself live uh, in Oak Creek. Uh, okay, so let's hear from Jordy Nelson, uh, who joined us uh, earlier in the show. And uh, Jordy Nelson... Uh, is going to be coming to Milwaukee uh, next month uh, for a big event at the Fister Hotel. And we started off asking him, you know, what's what's going on? Why are you coming to Milwaukee? Yeah, coming to a uh, Sharp Literacy uh, event in Milwaukee um, to help raise money for Sharp and what they do for students and helping them get the, the needs necessary to be successful in the classroom. Um and uh, post post school, so allow them to uh, help kids out, um, not only with materials, but allowing them to understand and um, learn uh, to their full potential throughout the uh, state of Wisconsin. Jordan, how did you get involved in that? How did that come about? Uh, just through people um, and an opportunity to come speak and um, kind of be, I guess. Um, an attention grabber for people to come uh, sell tickets. Like I said, it's a fundraiser, so people can buy tickets to come to it. Um, apparently, they think I have something intelligent to say, so I'll have to make something up between now and then and make it worth their money. I mean, really, all people are just want to hear Aaron Rodgers stories. Is that pretty much what happens? <laughs> Tell us something funny yeah. about Aaron, Jordy. About Aaron? Yeah. Oh, no, when you go to these Where events, isn't that what it is? Tell us about 12. Tell us about Aaron Rodgers, Jordy. That's what they want to hear. No, they want better things than that. So, uh, <laughs> hey, what about Rodgers? Uh, what about Rodgers over the weekend with the Bears, the whole I own you thing? He says, oh, I blacked out. I don't even remember what I said or whatever. Uh, Tom Brady having some fun with it. I think you heard that on hold there before the break. Uh, what did you make of that whole thing? Yeah, I think it's I think it's just good, uh, good trash talk. And when um, I think he said it on the McAfee show, like, Fans who buy tickets think they can say whatever, but if they can't handle what might get said back to them, then uh, don't be a part of the game. So I think, it's, like you said, it was just in the moment. Um, there's truth in everything. That some, when something said, there's a tr- little bit of truth in all of it. And obviously he's been very successful um, with what he's accomplished over the last decade plus of playing in, in Chicago and versus Chicago. And um, I think uh, – I think what's something we all took pride in over the last 10, 15 years there with the organization, like you said, um, was kind of turning that rivalry around and uh, getting the Packers on top in the win-loss total. And Coach McCarthy, I think, always did a great job of explaining to everyone what this rivalry meant, not just to the players, but to the fans and the states and the communities. And it just adds a little bit more to it, but to have Green Bay, you know, I believe in the positive on the win, win-loss column is, is good. What do you make of this offseason, though, that the Packers had with, with Aaron Rodgers? Maybe they worked everything out by now, but were you ever upset about some players that they did or did not bring back that you thought had some more football left in them? Obviously, you were probably one of them. 
Um, I think we all had those conversations. Um, I think some of the guys that, uh, and I had a conversation with Coach McCarthy during one of our exit meetings was um, not only like you have to have your, you know, your all pros, your pro bowlers, your high paid guys. But to me, a lot of these teams are made up of the middle guys. You can't just have the high expensive guys and then a bunch of rookies. Your depth becomes very short then. Obviously, we know injuries in the NFL are, are one of the very few guarantees there are. And um, sometimes I felt we got very short on a roster because we went from the, the top guys then all of a sudden down to a rookie. And we didn't have the guys in between that were making the five to six million dollar a year range that um, are kind of the core of your special team can play multiple positions on offense or defense and just are extremely valuable um, and I think one of the biggest guys for me that really hurt us when they left was uh, Micah Hyde obviously we know the career he's had in Buffalo but um, someone who could play every possible uh, secondary position a guy that was on every special team and at the time was not going to cost that much in NFL talk of money to keep and a guy who wanted to stay. Uh, so I think that's the conversations that we've had in locker rooms about guys who are willing to um, stay and be a part of it and just never getting truly the opportunity to have that um, was the disappointing part. How did it end with you then, Jordan? Did you want to stay one more year? Absolutely. I don't think anyone wants to leave, especially at that point in the time in their career. But mm-hmm. um, after having conversations with uh, Brian and uh, how they felt going forward, um, it was in my best interest to uh, go ahead and leave. So um, that's one reason after they had conversations with my agent, um, I wanted to go in and have conversations with them. That way I could hear it from, from the source and get a feel for how they were feeling, what they were feeling, what they were thinking, because I think everyone knows through a through a middleman things will be said differently or, you know, if I tell you something and you go tell someone something, then you know, I, mean, I mean, it's human nature to say it in a different way. So um, I wanted to hear it from the source, and after having that conversation and how he felt uh, about me going into that year and any year following, uh, it was definitely laid out that it was time to go. Talking with former Packers wide receiver Jordy Nelson here on the Wendy's Big Show. Uh, obviously, you had a lot of success in Green Bay, as has you know Donald Driver, Sterling Sharp, and so forth. Uh, and now Devontae Adams, uh, really probably considered to be uh, the best wide receiver in the NFL. Talk about how good he really has become. Devontae is definitely taking it to another level. Um, it's been amazing to watch him grow over the years. Uh, uh, young guy extremely young guy when he came into a league and um, learning the ins and outs of the NFL and how it works, you know, Monday through Saturday and then being able to go perform on Sunday, um, understanding his body and what he needs to do to make sure he's, uh, uh, his body's in the right frame and everything that he needs to be able to be successful for 16, now 17 games. Um, And then, the confidence level, I think, is always in there, but he's matching that now with his skill set, and um, he's unstoppable. It's, it's mind-blowing um, what he's able to go out and he did last year and what he's doing so far this year. You know, and it feels like this offense uh, under Matt LaFleur is kind of tailor-made for him. Can you talk about the difference between the McCarthy's offense and his Matt LaFleur offense? 
Um, I, it's hard to tell from where I'm sitting, to be honest with you, and not being able to watch a lot of the film. I think a lot more, um, I think before would love to get into more play action and the way they run the ball. Um, I think Coach McCarthy was getting into more punches and sacks and getting guys some free releases and stuff like that. So I think a lot of it's similar, um, especially what Aaron has carried over from his first, whatever, 10 years or whatever under Mike carried over into the floor's offense just to have some continuity between that and what Aaron liked. And, um, but it's just being confident, comfortable in whatever you're doing. I don't think there's an offense that Devontae can't go and run and be successful in. And obviously when you have a receiver like that and a quarterback like Aaron, um, I mean, you can go run a high school offense and be successful. Time with Jordy Nelson. One last one for you, Jordy. Uh, the Bucks get their championship rings uh, last night. They raised the banner, the whole deal. Talk about what that was like for you as an athlete winning that Super Bowl and getting that championship ring. Uh, it was it was awesome winning the Super Bowl and being a part of that and making all those memories and uh, still having those today. The disappointing part was it was during the lockout. So post-Super Bowl, we couldn't be around anyone. We weren't in the facility in the offseason. They had to make uh, kind of a special break for us that we could come back and do the ring ceremony, and I think it was in June or July. So um, at least we got to do that. But, uh, yeah, to see them be able to get those, that ring, which was incredible and very creative. I watched some of it and read an article and all the different nuances to it. Uh, making it into a pendant is brilliant because there's not very many people that want to wear those big gaudy things, but to be able to switch it up and do that is, is pretty cool and unique. So um, it's a great experience. Um, I'm sure they're glad to have that and kind of have that uh, night, you know, kind of over with and ready for the season. And um, a lot of people think once you get one, you'll be satisfied, but that's not true. Once you get one, you know how fun it is and how cool it is and, you want another one probably more than you want the first one because sometimes you feel like the second one kind of justifies the first one. And, um, you know, even with us and just getting one, you'll hear a lot of people say, you know, they've never been back or was it a fluke or they just get hot at the right time. And so you, you want that second one just as bad. Check out Jordy Nelson. He'll be heading uh, to the Fister Hotel coming up on Monday, November 15th from 5 and to 8 uh, p.m. A novel event with Packers great Jordy Nelson, Super Bowl champion. Tickets for the event may be purchased online at sharpliteracy.org, sharpliteracy.org, or call 414-410-3204. And they're going to have a bunch of cool stuff, prizes, uh, uh, live auction, some of the things up uh, to uh, include a day on Jordy Nelson's farm in Kansas, including travel. A Milwaukee Brewers opening day 22 experience for 20 guests. Milwaukee Bucks package and a private chef's table experience for 10 at Mason Street Grill. So want to be a part of that auction, too. What do I Again, do at the, the, the farm, Steve? What do I do in Kansas? Jordy, what, what, what does Gary get to do if he wins yeah, this? Yeah, the Kansas thing. It depends on the time of year you come down. Right now, I'm actually sitting in a combine talking to you. Dang. So we're combining soybeans right now. I'm hoping you, I can still be heard fine. Yeah, I you're fine. You to say something, but, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm cutting soybeans. My brother's out catching cattle. Uh, we'll be picking <laughs> corn here in a couple days. So uh, it all depends on the time of year you come. There's always something going on. We got any horses out there, Jordy? I want to ride some horses. We got some horses. My brother's got a bunch of horses. He's gotten into some rodeo and stuff, and uh, he's actually him and – Three other guys qualified to go to the Nationals uh, Ranch Rodeo. So uh, we definitely got horses, and 
if you want to try to rope something, we got that as well. <laughs> where is the Where is the National Ranch Rodeo held? Amarillo, Texas. Amarillo makes sense. Yes, makes sense. Yeah, uh, Jordy Nelson, thanks so much for coming on, man, and uh, you, look buddy. forward to talking to you down the line. No problem. Thanks, everyone. There is Jordy Nelson earlier on uh, today on the Wendy's Big Show. If you missed that, check it out, bigshownetwork.com. Rewind your Odyssey app as well. Breaking news on the fan, Brewers news uh, breaking on the fan right now. Powered by Odyssey and presented by BetQL. Become a better sports better. Get smarter to beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit betql.com today. Adam McKelvey reporting. Brewers hitting coach Andy Haynes is out is out uh, of the Brewers organization, no longer uh, the Brewers hitting coach. Um, Which one are you more excited about? Andy Haynes being out as Brewers hitting coach or Merciless uh, Merciless being signed by the Green Bay Packers as a linebacker? Which one makes you more excited? Merciless with the Packers? adding an outside linebacker, pass rusher, or the fact that Annie Haynes is out as Brewers hitting coach. 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250AM. The fan. We'll see where you are. I'll tell you where I'm at next. Welcome back, Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250AM. The fan live from the Lakeland University studios offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. Uh, again, lakeland.edu slash get started. Hey, there's playoff baseball, football, and basketball in full swing right now. And the place to catch all the games while creating your own sporting action is Q Club of Wisconsin. Plenty of TVs to watch the games on while you can play your favorite indoor games in their huge entertainment game room. Indoor bocce ball, foosball, pool tables, lots of pool tables, uh, dart boards, ping pong. All kinds of fun stuff you can do. Plus, sell down have some awesome food from loaded burgers, wraps, wings. Plus, they're Wednesday. Hey, hey, today's Wednesday. Wednesday and Friday, fish fries piled up <laughs> with all the extras. Visit their Facebook page or Q Club of WI.com for menu and updates. Q Club of Wisconsin, North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. Before the break, we had the breaking news. Andy Haynes out as Brewers hitting coach. And now also, Adam McCalvey reporting, assistant hitting coach Jacob Cruz has been told he also can explore uh, other options uh, going forward. As Sam Schmitz pointed out to me in the break, unlike David Stearns, who was told, you will stay here. You will not go anywhere. But Jacob Cruz and Andy Haynes uh, both told uh, toodles. Question is, which one is a bigger deal to you? Merciless being signed by the Packers or appearing to be uh, on his way to Green Bay to play for the Packers, outside linebacker, defensive end for the Texans? Or is them letting go of their hitting coaches a bigger deal to you? Which one's a bigger deal to you? We're in season for the Packers. The Brewers, we don't know if this is a good or a bad thing until next baseball season. So I'm curious. 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250 AM. The fan, Sam Schmitz, what about you? So... I guess if I had to choose one, I would probably go with the new opening with the hitting coach for the Brewers with Andy Haynes now gone because I didn't really necessarily point the finger at Andy Haynes, but I know a lot of people were. But I was, I'm so I'm more so looking at it as, well, let's see what happens. I mean, there's got, it's pretty exciting to see what could happen depending on who they hire. Whereas the Packers, honestly, 
some of the guys that have been plug- been plugged in for these injured players have been kind of stepping up, like Dean Lowry, Tyler Lancaster. They've been making plays. So I look at Whitney Merciless as more of just a bonus. Yeah, it, you know, this is the thing, though. I look at Merciless as a guy that tells me that the Green Bay Packers don't think Darius Smith is coming back. That's what it tells me. I mean, Preston Smith, the oblique, LaFleur said today that he thinks there's a chance he plays Sunday. He's never missed a game. So I think Preston Smith is there. I think Rashawn Gary is there. Garvin's dinged up, apparently. Um but I, I think they're fine. They need a, a, a legitimate pass rusher uh, out there besides Preston Smith. Not saying Rashawn Gary's not that guy, um, but Merciless is more of a proven guy maybe than Rashawn Gary. So, what, two years ago, had seven and a half, eight sacks, something uh, like that. Uh, and then, obviously, Lovey Smith comes in, and now those numbers dip because the scheme changes and the way they use him changes a little bit. Uh, I, I think it's an important piece for the Green Bay Packers. And then... You know, you already added Jalen Smith, um, so you add him too uh, to help out outside or inside, depending on how you want to use him. And maybe you, Merciless uh, <clears throat> is a guy that you can put his hand in the dirt and play him next to Kenny Clark uh, in certain situations as well going forward. The, the hitting coach thing is interesting because I honestly did not think they were going to fire Andy Haynes or not renew his deal for 2022, however you want to view it. Mario in West Dallas, you're next on Sparky's Midday Madness. What's up, Mario? Hey, Sparky, how you doing? Good. Hey, you know, um, the Andy Haynes firing, I mean, that's maybe kind of a start. But honestly, why is Craig Council still the manager of the Brewers? Because he's the best manager I mean, in baseball. Simple. Uh, he is? Yes. He, he, he just managed maybe the worst series a manager could ever have. And I've never seen such terrible decisions by a guy in my life. Now, let me ask you one question. Why do we not want to leave um, – uh, Mr. David Stern's goal, or let him, he, he's the greatest thing since sliced bread, according yeah. to the Brewers and Ananasio, yeah. yet he didn't hire Craig Council. Why no. do we not let this man hire his own manager? Well, if he didn't Craig want Craig Council, he could have gotten rid of Craig Council. Doug Melvin uh, put I, Craig I, I Council in. I have in... a feeling that's not true. It seems like he oh, inherited yes. Council. He did. And for some reason with this Milwaukee thing, Council keeps getting a break. Council got completely outmanaged against Atlanta. Okay. Only Freddie Peralta was like the dumbest yes. move I've ever seen in my life. Fine. I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you, but look at the whole body of work. You're you're analyzing it on this series, and that's the fine, and you can be work. mad. The man had the best pitching staff in baseball, three possible Cy Young Award guys. He got beat three to one in a series where he had nothing but a complete advantage. He had no he hitting. Away. He had no hitting. Who hit? They were getting shut out. Is that his fault? What was he supposed to do? They had no hitting. Well, when you bring in guys like Maley and you you pinch hit guys like Vogelbach, what do you expect? Well, that's you, that's. But again, then, that's, then not, lineup, that's not that's not on. Hold then on. Well, that's, wait, Stearns brings in that the guy from Arizona at third base. He's the best hitter and, and power guy in the team. He's not even in the lineup. Well, he this wasn't. He he showed little to no power when he after he got acquired from the Brewers by the Brewers. Oh. By the way, thanks for the call. He did. I appreciate the passion. I do, and I love that you're all fired up. And I'll give you a little preview here. So I'm not going to be here on Friday uh, for the Wendy's Big Show uh, or Sparky's Midday Madness, but Tim Allen is filling in for me on Friday, um, and I will tell you that Tim's passion is very similar to. His passion, uh, especially when it comes to Peralta and Council. Uh, Tim, very, very fired up about how that whole thing played out and really hasn't had a chance on the radio to really tell everybody that because he got 
stuck in Vegas because of uh, airline issues or whatever the case. Maybe flights getting canceled. Um, so he really never had that chance to really let it all out on the radio since it's ended. So this is going to be his first chance to kind of let it all out with Gary and Leroy coming up on Friday. So uh, if you're a big Brewers fan and been waiting to hear Tim kind of let it all out on the Brewers, Friday's going to be your chance from 10 until 2 uh, here on the Wendy's Big Show. So tell your friends, tell your family, you'll want to hear Tim explode on this one. Uh, which is a bigger deal to you, Andy Haynes, Jacob Cruz being told, see ya from the Brewers, or uh, the signing of Merciless from the Houston Texans. Brett Intosa, you're next on Sparky's Midday Madness. What's up, Brett? Hey, Sparky. First, I, I called in to talk about Haynes, but I <laughs> thank you for <laughs> Craig Council. He, he's a top five manager in the, in the sport, and I've said it numerous times on these airwaves. The Brewers will win a World Series with Craig Council as the manager. So fans that jump on him, I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> remember the 90s? Remember the early 2000s? I mean, this is the golden age of Brewers baseball. And as far as Andy Haynes, I mean, Avi Garcia, um, Colton Wong, Luis Urias, Willie Adamas, they all had the best years of their career. And I'm sure McKelvey and Salmon and those guys will be coming out with articles detailing the stats of the season and stuff. But I want to say from, like, the June through that, Cle- that Cleveland series in September – the Brewers had a top ten offense in the league. Um, I, I get, I get letting Haynes go, but I mean, I personally, I wouldn't have done it. And the only reason it's happening is because he couldn't figure out Yelly, and they need a new set of eyes on him. Maybe, maybe part of this is is Yelich related. I, I, I just, th- this is my thing about Haynes, right? We heard all the stories. They were documented about Haynes this last offseason. He went and worked out with Narvaez to try and get Narvaez straightened out from what was yep. happened last year. He went and tried to work out with Yelich. He went and worked with Keston here too, I believe. This man was flying around the country in the offseason trying to get these guys all on the same page. This man did not get let go for lack of effort. This man was trying all that he knew he could try to try and figure this thing out. Narvaez, for the most part, I think had a pretty decent season. You brought up Avi Garcia, uh, as well as another guy that had a pretty decent season uh, as well. But now who do they bring in? Who's that next guy? I don't know. I'm anxious to see who it's going to be. And, you know, and this isn't just Brewer fans, but who's the last hitting coach we've liked? Correct. Hitting coaches, you know, if they're going well, you're you're supporting the players. If it's not going good, the hitting coach always gets the blame. Um, and, and no, you nailed it. The head on the coffin. Um, all those guys. I mean, most of them rebounded. And JBJ, I think that's just a veteran. He just got. I mean, he was just lost. And Yelly and Keston. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I I'm sad to see him go. I, I I truly think that he did a good job this year. And, and Yelly kind of held them down. And I will say this is a major, I mean, it, Yelly understands it, but this is a wake up call. I mean, Haynes is Yelly's guy. They went back to the minors in, in, in Miami. Um, so this, this is going to hurt Yelly. Definitely. Well, maybe, but again, and part of this probably is the postseason not scoring runs. Well, yeah. And one more thing, you know, I mean, like I said, they were a top baseball. It happens. I mean, I, I'm a huge Brewer fan. I'm as frustrated as everyone else. And I can't wait to talk to him on Friday, but, Teams go cold. I mean, that's just what happens. And after that, they probably played their best series of the year in Cleveland, and then they went to Detroit, and they they went cold for two weeks, and then the playoffs came, and they started to press. And, you know, if, if the season would have been another month longer, the Brewers could still be playing right now. And I, I don't think 
that's on that's on Andy Haynes. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I, a lot of people thought Andy Haynes had a job because of Christian Yelich. That was a long-standing thing that some fans thought and didn't think he deserved the gig one way or the other. He came from the Cubs. I don't know. I, I, I didn't necessarily think he was bad, but it's not like I had any one-on-one interaction with him and tr- or watching him you know, try and fix somebody's swing or whatever the case may be. As I've said in the past and I've said again, um, from having been down there and covered that team for years, back when Field and Hart and those guys were there, Jeff Jenkins and all those guys, having conversations, off-the-record conversations with hitting coaches and just standing there, you know, during batting practice or whatever and being like, dude, what is going on with this person? And the hitting coach literally looking at me going, Sparky, that person doesn't want any help. Told me that he'd come find me if and when he wanted help. Now, again, outside looking in, that hitting coach is getting berated because this player stinks or isn't is a slump and not doing well. Reality of the situation, that player didn't want help. Been in the league a long time. I'll figure it out myself. So you just, you don't know. I'm not saying that's Dale with Yelich because these two have a relationship. So I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is you don't know how much influence, really, Haynes has with each individual player on the roster and how much one-on-one time they're working, how much extra time they're working, uh, and whether or not that's working or uh, as far as gradually starting to help a player, whether or not it's hurting a player, whatever the case may be. I don't know. We'll see what happens. And we'll, again, I want to see who they bring in. You know, do they go uh, back to uh, the David Stern roots and hire somebody from the Astros organization uh, to come in uh, and put a set of eyes on Yelich and these guys? Um, do they go to one of Council's guys now? Uh, maybe a former player that Council played with or something along those lines or one of Council's uh, coaches that he worked with in past organizations when he was a player? to bring them in to maybe be the hitting coach. Don't know. Don't know which way they're going to go, but it'll be fun to see uh, which way they go. Coming up next, uh, we will talk with Rami Makhlouf as we get ready for the Rami Show coming up here at 3 o'clock on 1250 AM. The Fan. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Sam Schmitz did a great job producing the big show today. And Sparky's Midday Madness. Toby Altizer also chipped in on the Wendy's Big Show. Both of them. Filling in for Dan Plucker, who's on vacation this week as he gets ready to go see the Rams in L.A. take on his Detroit Lions uh, coming up this week, and then he'll be back later next week. Uh, so I'm looking forward to hearing all the stories of Dan Plucker. He's going everywhere. He was in Arizona. Uh, then he was in San Diego, L.A. And he's going to Hollywood at some point. Um, so, yeah, he's all over the place. He's having a real, real good vacation. Sounds like it. I was asked Sam this the other day. What's the longest vacation? Okay, well. I'm not talking about being unemployed. Well, what's the longest? <laughs> what's the longest vacation that you've taken while having a job? Like actual vacation, vacation like leaving town type of vacation, or longest time I've had off of work. You don't leave town to do anything, right, so no, exactly. No, I mean like vacation. Like the longest I've ever had consecutively was two weeks when I first got this gig in 2005. When I took the job, I told our program director Chip Ramsey at the time, I said, "Hey man, so you know, I got this already planned." It's going to be over the NFL draft, so I'm not going to be here. We're going down to see the Talladega race in Alabama, NASCAR Girl Summer Santana. Myself went. We were there in Alabama for two weeks between Georgia and Alabama. It was amazing. Two straight weeks off of work. That's the longest I've ever been off of work. Two Since weeks off then, of work sounds amazing. Spending it in Georgia and Alabama? Oh, man. Watching NASCAR? Oh, yeah. That was awesome. Mm. Dothan, Alabama. Ew. In Dothan, Alabama, they have... <laughs> 
They have, I looked over and saw the face Sam made when you said I don't know. Dothan, <laughs> Alabama. So check this out. So we literally What's the name of the town? Dothan, Alabama. Dolphin? No, okay. My my okay. I'll spell it because I'm sure I'm not saying it right. Okay. D O T H A N. Dothan. Correct. Okay. I thought I heard an L in no. there. So literally we were going down there. And Hurricane Ivan came and pretty much took out our condo like a couple of weeks before we were going. Mm-hmm. So we had nowhere That's to stay. That's a sign saying don't go to Dothan, Alabama. No, we weren't going to stay in Dothan, Alabama. Uh-huh. We were going to stay on the Gulf Shore is where we were going to stay down in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it got wiped out. So we had nowhere to stay. So we literally went there with nowhere to stay for a good portion of this trip. And we ended up in like a Burger King or something looking through <laughs> like an apartment guide or whatever and came across this thing. For this golf place resort or whatever in Dothan, Alabama. So we ended up staying there. The coolest thing about Dothan, Alabama, it's the host of the National Peanut Festival every year. Amazing. No, no, no. But the cool thing is. That tells you everything you need to know about Dothan, Alabama, that that's the coolest thing they got going is the peanut festival. I've got so many stories about Dothan, Alabama. But either way, oh, a ton. You're the only one. I know. That's okay. Just like I just went to KC, Illinois. Nobody's ever heard of that. And that's a cool little town, too. Casey, Illinois. Casey, like the letters? C-A-S-E-Y. Okay. Casey. All right. But I'll get to that in a second. So Dothan, Alabama. You have to? Yes. Okay. Dothan, Alabama. They had, because again, National Peanut Festival, that's what they're known for, right? Of course. They had like- I, That's what I knew them for. I don't know, like four foot size. Uh-huh. Like peanuts that were decorated like the businesses that they were in front of. So they had like one in front of the, the fire station, one in front of the police station. They had one in front of the freaking Hooters in Dothan, Alabama, dressed up as like a Hooters waitress in front of the Hooters. They had like, I don't know, eight or ten of them. And I wanted a picture of, of an artist, you know, having drawn all of them that I could buy. Didn't exist at that time. Because nobody cares. You're talking about the peanut festival in Dothan, Alabama and dressed up peanuts. What are we we even doing right now? It was a cool experience. Casey, Illinois, we just went to because we were down at Eastern Illinois University. Sure. And we were looking for something to do. And this little town in the middle of nowhere, Southern Illinois, is known. They wanted to have more tourists, right? So they wanted, they figured the way they could get more tourists was to be in the uh, world records, Guinness Book of World Records. So this town here has supersized everything. They have the biggest rocking chair in the, their downtown that you can take a picture under. This is gigantic. Wind chimes, golf club, mousetrap, wooden chairs. Dude. It's amazing. You're amused by the no, dumbest crap. It's the coolest thing ever. You're amused by it the most was, ridiculous thing. It was ever. so much fun. What? Who are it you? It was awesome. What, who are it you? It was awesome. What kind of person are you? Don't Expect care. nothing less from a guy who puts up multiple Christmas trees. <laughs> hey, that's, you say what you want. Say what you want. I love what? it all. Love it what all. What are you doing with your life? Oh, enjoying it is what I'm doing. <laughs> enjoying it. You stay in your house and call it vacation. I'm not staying in my I house. I go explore the I'm country. I'm getting out there. I get out there. I do things. Anyways. I'm doing things. Tomorrow, so I'll be in Cedarburg, uh, Wisconsin at Rebellion Brewery doing some stand-up comedy. See, I'm out there doing things. You ever Sa- been to Strawberry Fest in Cedarburg? No, dude. What am I going to a Strawberry Fest for? So good. Well, if you don't like strawberries, then it's I love strawberries. Like, I get them need- at the grocery store. Then you need or to go. go to a farmer's market. What right. do I need a whole fest of strawberries? You, you need to go. The, what, the, it's strawberries amazing. don't deserve a fest. 
<laughs> what did you just say? Did you just say white people? Is that's that what you just said? That's exactly that what Sam just said. Yes. No. That's exactly what white he just suck. said. He's right. No, man. He's right. Okay. What, what are you saying? Only white people like strawberries? That's no. The only white, no, only white people would dedicate a whole festival to strawberries. Have you been to downtown Cedarburg before? No. It's amazing. No. Antique shops and, and wood crafting shops. They got a couple great restaurants downtown Cedarburg. There's one thing to do in Cedarburg. Cedarburg is There's awesome. one thing to do in Cedarburg tomorrow, and that's come catch this comedy show at Rebellion Brewery at 7 o'clock with your boy featuring doing about, I think, 20 minutes. Yeah, I'm going to do a good 20 minutes tomorrow night. On what you don't know about Cedarburg? <laughs> Maybe you should go ahead of time and learn something about Cedarburg. And then Saturday, the Laughing Tap, right here in Milwaukee, Walker's Point, Milwaukee's local comedy club. Good. Come check it out. Now that you got your plugs in, what's coming up on coming your show? Coming up on the show today, Sparky, I will uh, be reacting to the news that I was informed of when I walked in the door. Mm-hmm. Both the Packers and the Brewers news. Just uh, just some quick thoughts on that and what I think it means for uh, for those two organizations. And then we'll get into some takeaways, some observations from ring night last night. And uh, I've been real... You'll, you'll agree to this, I think, right? I've, I've been real positive when it comes to the Milwaukee Bucks, right? And and last night I was sitting there, I was sitting there watching the game, Sparky, and like I I just felt like there was a point in the game where I was like, well, this season's a wrap. The Bucks, <laughs> Bucks are bringing another championship. Home. Yeah, and then and then like the more the more rational side of me like reeled me in and started asking this question. I want to ask Bucks fans what what could get in the way of a repeat because last night that looked like a team that nothing was getting in the way. Yeah, it's out for the year. That's the only thing you think? Yeah. They right. could lose Middleton. They could lose Holiday. And I think they would still – they can't lose both. But they could lose one of them, I think, and I think they would still be fine. You want to know why? Why is that? Because Jordan Wara can score it. That boy can score. That dude can put it that in the bucket. That dude could score last year. And that dude couldn't get on the floor to save his life well, that's... unless they were playing an all-bench game, which then he put up 30-plus points. So now – It's because they were that good. Little deep now. And he needed to get better. <laughs> no, it was – you need to learn how to play with the stars to make sure they get their shots and you don't take all their shots. You need to learn yeah. how to be in your defensive position. Yeah, know your da, role. Da, 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 da. Right, yeah, fine. Knowing your role. Yeah, okay. His role should be the number one scorer off the bench. That should be his role. Mm. He's going to score more than Dante, more than Cunningham, mm. uh, more than uh, Cunningham, Connaughton. He's going to score more than anybody on that bench in a lot quicker spurts. I promise you, he's a more talented scorer than anybody they have on that bench right now. Period. You might, you might be you might be right about that, but I, I don't mind letting Andy him. And he blocked Kevin Durant. That was amazing. That was insanity. I mean, come on that now. That was that was great, dude. That, that was so great. That Love me some Jordan. So Warren. so great. I do too. I do too. Love but I'm okay with letting him grow into it. I don't think I don't I don't think it's anything that you have. How to How dangerous is this team if that dude's averaging 15 to 18 off the bench? Oh, he's not averaging 15 to 18 off the bench this year, man. Come on. He put up 15 last night. in Like 22, 24 it was, it minutes. One, it was one night. It was one night, and I really that, that, like. That's him, not going to be any different than what you normally see. Let's not get carried away. You don't want to go down this road with me, huh? You don't want to go down this road. I mean, I don't mind. Imagine if they had a sixth man like a Lou Williams in his prime. How good this team is. Yeah. Right? Yes. They they have not had that guy on this roster with Middleton and Giannis ever. No, they haven't had like a, a like a scorer off the bench. Nope. Like a no, you're right. They have not. You're right. And if they get that, you can have all three of those Nets players. That's not gonna matter. They'll beat them. That's a I, deep team. I didn't think that was possible, but if they have a true sixth man that can score like Wara, they're they'll beat them. That's a deep team they have in Brooklyn. They have an old team. But deep too. Yeah, sure. Old but deep. Yeah. Also, in the 4 o'clock hour uh, question I have for Packers fans, who, what is the identity of this Packers team? Not talking about, like, 
the, the, the public perception. Aaron Rodgers is the face of this team and will be as long as he's wearing a Packers uniform. But as far as like how they're winning football games, their, their brand of football, who or what is the identity of this Packers football team? We'll get into that in the 4 o'clock hour. That dude on the Packers beat, Ryan Wood, will be here at 445 as he is every Wednesday. And Kane Pittman of the Locked On Bucks podcast, he'll be here all the way from Australia, mate, at 5 o'clock. And we'll throw another shrimp on the barbie. Love me some Kane Pittman. Love Kane Pittman. Yeah. Love Kane Pittman. Him and Frank Madden locked on Bucks Podcast. Odyssey uh, app. It's on YouTube now? Yeah, they just started sharp-looking broadcast those those dudes got going there. Did you see the one with Frank's dog? Yes. That's why you like it. That's the one that pulled me in. Yeah, that's why I figured. That's exactly what I thought it was. Did you see Frank last night? Mm -hmm. Did you see him last night? Decked out in his Bucks championship gear. Sunglasses and all. I think he had a scarf, like a Bucks championship scarf. Did you see the the Bucks sweatshirts that they were wearing, the Bucks players? The The warm-ups, the white ones, those are sharp, dude. Those are sharp. I I would never buy that because it would have some kind of stain on it. Gary went and bought them. Did he really? Yeah. I I couldn't wear that. It would be stained for sure, right, Sam? They look awesome, but yeah, I mean, white stuff, I get very... uh, paranoid that i'm gonna spill like something on it how much would you pay for a sweatshirt 60 dollars for the right sweatshirt how much do you think gary paid for a sweat for that sweatshirt? i'm gonna guess 80, nike 80, nike 80, website. 85 more what 95 more shut up i'm done no keep going 105 keep going <laughs> shut up you dude. gotta keep going Wait. <laughs> just let him go 125 keep going 180 150 shut up dude shut up Get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. No, there's no sweatshirt in the world worth, worth, 100, worth $150. I can't do it. There's not a sweatshirt in the world I mean, worth I respect him. He loved it. He got it. Yeah, good for him. I, mean, I good respect for him. Yeah. Maybe, not 150 though. Maybe he'll decide in two weeks he doesn't nope. like it and give it to me. <laughs> no, those days are done. You won't wear his jersey. I think he's done with you. I, I don't think you're getting crap from him anymore. Uh, coming up next, he is Rami Makhlouf. He only wears Leroy Butler's jersey. He's straight ahead here. Uh, 1250 AM, The Fan. Have a good one. Toodles! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.